Hi, welcome to Sundry. This is not a sports podcast, but today I'm talking about the basketball internet with one of its indie stars, Jason Gallagher. He's also a longtime friend, and we wrote this song together. What is the basketball internet? Keep listening to find out. People say that they want justice, but they just want basketball. They want Rose, LeBron and Griffin, Durant, Kobe, and Chris Paul. But where is Michael Jordan now? Just a suit like you and me. LeBron and Kobe will give way to the next LeBron and Kobe. People say that they want justice, but they just want basketball. And since February 1984, I am basketball. Today's guest is Jason Gallagher, who is known in basketball nerd circles for his NBA humor website, BallerBall.com, and for his writing at the late Grantland. We go way back. We went to college together and both moved to Chicago to study comedy writing at the Second City. In Chicago, we started a theater company together, and we co-wrote a musical loosely based on the 2011 lockout called The Lockout, a musical, which you can listen to on Spotify. Welcome to Sundry, Jason. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm just assuming that perhaps you you introed this whole thing with the little lockout music, uh, I'm hoping, right? Yes, because that is uh, the only 12 songs that I have rights to. That's right. So yeah, so Jason, you used to write for a website called Grantland. No, what? What land? <laughs> uh, Grantland was a website affiliated with ESPN. It was founded by sports writer Bill Simmons and was known for long-form journalism and about sports and also pop culture. I keep saying it was a website because Grantland was shut down on Friday. Do you want to talk about that? Grantland was the, one of the best places to go on the internet for um, sports writing and um, honestly, pop culture writing as well. Uh, it was the one of probably two websites that I visit every day. Um, and I, I wasn't like a frequent contributor by any means. I wasn't a staff writer. I was a freelance writer who was uh, just very, very um, tight with a lot of staff writers and editors there. I really enjoyed my time there. It's really, really just a shame that, that it didn't, um, that I got shut down. Um, I, I think that kind of goes without saying. And I think that most people agree. So, and, and you know who else agrees? Who? The official Twitter account of the Atlanta Hawks. That's awesome. I'm glad the <laughs> Atlanta Hawks as a team are upset about Grant Land. Yep. They all got together, down. players and the training staff and the coaches and everyone down to finance. And uh, they all said, we got to tweet this. It was, a, it was a special moment in the organization. Grantland used to have comments. And, and back in the day, the number one comment that would be on any of my things were, I can't believe this is on the same website as Zach Lowe. And that was definitely... <laughs> Meant to be an insult, but looking back, it's kind of what made Grantland so amazing was uh, not 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 my presence, but the fact that they were willing to try out some weird stuff along with being the home of the best basketball analysis uh, you could find. So there you go. How did you find out that Grantland was being shut down? I got two text messages and a G chat like simultaneously that featured some sort of holy cuss word 
and I didn't know what they were talking about. Could have been anything. And I was kind of excited to find out. I was like, ooh, what happened? Uh, and then I checked. It was Grantland uh, went down, and, and I was actually really sad. And I was genuinely sad just because the, there were some very, very talented writers and editors that had to find out in sort of a callous way. And, you know, it's, it's a bummer. Um, other than the fact that they paid me, uh, I, I was always a, one of their biggest fans and visited every day. So that's, yeah, it's just, that's how I found out. So today, Jason and I are going to talk about the basketball internet, which Ooh. is my term. So we're going to define it right here on the Sundry Podcast. To me, the basketball internet is kind of like Inception. It's at least four layers deep. <laughs> so there's the NBA itself, the players, the coaches, the general managers, okay, people that get paid by the NBA. So there's sure. them. That's the product. And that's not really the basketball internet, but the basketball internet. So there's like actual news, which are reporters that talk to people in the actual NBA. Yeah. And so that would that would be like beat writers and Mark Stein. Mm-hmm. People that like say sources say and they actually know the sources. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, Zach Lowe was also a guy who had sources. I say that as if he died. Yeah. He still has these blowing out for old Zach Lowe, yeah. So then there's like another level which is analysis of the games and this does not require actually knowing anyone in the NBA. Yes. So people will break down the games and these are can range to professionals or blogs, which range in quality. There are some great blogs that have great analysis and then there's other blogs. So then there's another level of like commentary on the news or commentary on analysis. So some blogs, a lot of blogs will share analysis and then give their analysis of the analysis yes that last layer is vast it's it's just just all sorts of types live in that layer uh it could be people that that are just sort of general fans that take it uh for what it is and then there's there's people that think about it a little more closely maybe speculation goes in there as well i don't know if this is another layer but you can get so deep in the basketball internet that Things you write don't make sense outside the basketball internet. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, you could go to my website. That's there's one. You can go to real websites and you can find all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, even Grantland, RIP. You can go there and and have no earthly idea what some of the stuff. Uh, you know, when when I'm writing about the Los Angeles Lakers and if they were run by a fictional character named Frank Underwood, who you can watch on Netflix. Yeah, you have you would have no idea what I was, but it was vaguely commentary. I, I'm with you there. Are those the basic layers of the basketball internet? Yeah, that's 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 vaguely the basketball internet for you. There is a level of sort of the commentary on the commentary on the commentary. <laughs> there really, really is. Well, and I'd say that you embrace an ironic commentary on the commentary on the commentary. I really want to be known as somebody who is like. A character development person. <laughs> These players, they have their personalities, and I want to embellish them, and I want to uh, take them a step further. I mean, a lot of people do that. You know, when people tweet that Russell Westbrook is a god, you know, that's obviously just 
overemphasized version of that. He's really, really good, <laughs> but I want him to be a God. And then I want to write fictional pieces about how he's a God and then make photoshops of it and then put it to song to where you're obsessed. And, and I want to do the opposite thing to people like Roy Hibbert, where it's like, Oh, he's nothing but a mere mortal. If that he's a fragile, <laughs> fragile man. <laughs> We'll talk about the upcoming season in a minute, but where would, what are some of your pieces that you've done that have blown up on the basketball internet? And can that even be predicted? No, the answer is no, Ben, for it cannot be predicted because (laughs) I have worked for weeks on things that have been viewed by less than like 500 people. And I've worked for 10 minutes on things that got me a gig on Grantland. So probably my most successful one was, was Tim Duncan. Uh, I'm using Chrome, which was a piece in which I pretended to be Tim Duncan, uh, switching from Mozilla Firefox to Google Chrome. And it was done, uh, in a satirical way based off of the LeBron James, I'm coming home article that was published in sports illustrated. So Wrote that, got really popular, tweeted by a lot of cool people, and then Tim Duncan sort of kind of threatened to sue me. (laughs) So I had to add a (laughs) disclaimer there. (laughs) Whatever. I love that your disclaimer was in as large of a font as possible to call attention to the fact that... Well, I don't want anyone to get it (laughs) twisted, you know? (laughs) But... Can we just talk about how like how lovable Tim Duncan is though? He's the only superstar who could ever threaten to sue me that like, it made me kind of love him even more that he cared that much about what LeBron might think of him, that he called poor father of one who is just barely scraping by. (laughs) Uh, It kind of made me love him. I'm not kidding. It like, there's no ill will. I just have the letter framed out. My favorite part of the letter is, is when the lawyer said, I'm sure some people found it humorous. I was like, Oh, cool. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) This summer I had my most popular video, which was the Sacramento suicide squad. Um, it basically, the idea there was taking the trailer for the suicide squad and, and combining it with the, Sacramento Kings. If you don't know, they they are a team that makes no sense. They've got a lot of weird players, good players, I would say. Um, some selfish, strong personalities. Maybe the strongest uh, personality is their head coach, and maybe the second strongest is their starting point guard, Rondo, who was cut from his team last year, <laughs> asked to leave in the middle of a playoff series <laughs> because of his attitude. <laughs> yeah, they decided that that would be a good idea to put all of them together, and not to mention that they're run by Vladi Divac, and their owner seems to be also kind of crazy. So it's a fun team to sort of spoof. Uh, that did really well, and the Kings uh, kind of embraced it. I was actually expecting a bit of backlash, but they were all like, yeah, it's fair. And <laughs> we got coverage. We got coverage. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they were pretty like cool about it. Um, and the Kings but, players, a, a few of them have embraced it. And when the, they'll post Instagram photos of like the whole team together and uh, they'll hashtag the suicide squad, which I think is pretty cool. I did get one bit of backlash from a Twitter person who tweeted at me that suicide is not a joking matter and it affects a lot of people. Well, I do agree with them. I don't think he's heard of the Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. And he actually asked me, would you ever call a team the Homicide Squad? And I said no, but in the back of my head, I was kind of like, yeah, that'd be kind of a cool name. Like if my Dallas Mavericks all of a sudden called the the Homicide Squad, I'd be like, 
Yeah, I can get behind this. Yeah. Homicide Squad. What I loved about your Suicide Squad video was that when it got passed around on the basketball internet, people would frame it in this blog post and say, Jason Gallagher of Grantland.com thinks that uh, the roster of the the Sacramento Kings is a Suicide Squad. What do you think, listeners? And like, <laughs> just completely missing what you were doing. A lot of people don't was... realize is that it starts with like, <laughs> oh, okay, this is this is great. It's Sacramento Suicide Squad. It's alliteration. It's it's a catchy name. So that's where it starts. And actually it was going to be the Los Angeles suicide squad. And it was going to be about the Lakers, but I had already done several Lakers videos. It's the only reason why I picked the, the Kings was I hadn't done any Kings videos. And so there was very little analysis put into it. I've made a cool video. Grantland was like, Hey, can you write like a couple paragraphs sort of preface? I was like, sure I can. And that's the beauty of narrative. Sure. I can fit. I mean, granted it's the Kings. It's really easy, but yeah, you can do it. You could do it for anything. It, it was easy. And, and, I also do some stuff for the Pistons, uh, the Detroit Pistons through Funny or Die. That press release was released last week, so I'm allowed to say that out loud. So I made this video. Uh, Drake released a video called Hotline Bling, and I made it Hotline Blake, as in Steve Blake. And somebody asked me, like, do you think he'll be mad about it? And I'm like, I hope he doesn't think anything more than the fact that his name is Blake, which doesn't even rhyme with bling, but it has blah at the beginning. And that's why I went with it, you know, just pray that, that he doesn't go any further there. Stop talking of how brave we are with our superstar. Where would somebody who wants to be involved in the basketball internet even start? Twitter, 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 Twitter. It's the home for all of your inception layers. It's there and it's a beautiful place. It's a frustrating place sometimes because you can have opinions on things. I have genuine takes that I just don't even say. You can have genuine takes so long as they coincide with the narrative. But yeah, Twitter is the first place. I think NBA Reddit, which I am on right now to make sure that I am up to date on this podcast. But yeah, NBA Reddit is a good place to go to sort of be up to date on not just the news, but sort of the news of the news and then you know, on the court, off the court stuff. It's a good time there, NBA Reddit. A couple of seasons ago, I have realized at one point that I was keeping up with the Houston Rockets without watching a single game, but I was talking as if I had watched the game just because I had read the blogs and the commentary on the commentary. And I sounded smart to the average person, but if someone had actually watched the games and said, oh, what'd you think about that one play? Like, unless someone made a gif of it, I was a fraud. No, we're all frauds. Anyone who who has ever had to cover a, a particular game has lied about it. I will make a confession right here on the Sundry Podcast. I've done a shoot around, which was a, a feature on on Grantland, which was um, in the Triangle. A bunch of writers who get together on Wednesday nights, uh, watch their particular games, and then 
shoot around would come around, uh, come out on Thursday and, and they would all report on their particular games. There was one shoot around that I partook in that was uh, the night that my child was born and I was in the hospital. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll partake because, you know, they pay me and this is how I make my money. So I was like, you know, they're not going to give me paternity leave. So I was like, yeah, I'll watch. I think it was the Mavericks and Spurs or Jazz. It was one of those two. I volunteered for that, namely because I watch every Mavericks game. So I already have like sort of a narrative in my head. And if they won, then I could pigeonhole it to certain narrative. And if they lost, I can just blame OJ Mayo or something. Easy, right? Cakewalk. Yeah, we, we're all frauds. You've done it. I've done it. Everybody has done it. That is no secret to, to anybody. In your defense, you do watch a lot of basketball. I do. And so <laughs> you want to come at me after this podcast, you're, you're more than welcome to. I don't want anybody to think that Jason's entire journalistic career is based on commentary on commentary on commentary. He really does watch a lot of basketball. Only if it's my entire career, though. I'd be fine with it if they were like, he's never watched a basketball game. <laughs> I'm in. Like, I sound like a freaking legend by then. Now part of me wants this to become a HuffPo post of like, <laughs> uh, no one on Grantland ever watched any games ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all frauds. It'd be great. So you talked a couple of times about the narrative, things being within the narrative and your own narrative. What does the basketball internet collective think for this upcoming season. So like, I guess what are, what are things that the basketball internet likes and things that the basketball internet does not like? Most of the basketball internet is a collective of very smart people, uh, whether they're paid or are just fans or, or what have you, or commentator commentators on the commentators and yada, yada. So when everyone says that the Cavs are probably going to the finals, well, that's like a pretty safe narrative there, but it does, it does pick up sp- steam in another direction. This is where, you know, sometimes I differ a little bit and and I I could be wrong because the Mavericks started out 0-4 on a season where they won 68 games, which if you don't know, that's like really, really freaking good for starting out 0-4. I think it's second or third best ever. But the Houston Rockets have started out 0-3. A lot, a lot of people picked them to be the number one seed uh, in a conference that still had Golden State and San Antonio and Oklahoma City. A lot of good teams in there. Clippers, you know, you've got a lot of teams and and I don't get why they were such a lock. And my favorite part about the Houston Rockets was sort of the um, consensus that it was like, ooh, I've got this sneaky good pick for my number one seed and it's the Houston Rockets. It's like, no, there's nothing sneaky about it. Everyone is saying it. Houston Rockets are going to be amazing. They're going to be the number one seed and they may well be but I wasn't on board with everyone's um, saying that they were going to be number one seed. I, I'm just not there. And, and that's a, it's another sort of consensus thing is, is the Warriors are really, really good. I don't, I don't know what they've done to not convince you that they're very, very good. They got a great coaching staff and not everyone plays a ton of minutes. It's great. They're deep. Uh, I don't see what the problem is. They got a lot of swagger. It's an NBA term for you out there. Is there a part of the basketball internet that's saying the Warriors are not good. No, everyone thinks the Warriors are good. It's just this need to pick against the norm, I guess. I don't know. Like the Warriors are very good and most people think so. It's just, it's not fun to pick them to be number one. They were the champs, you know, I'm not upset about these picks. I sometimes I wonder where they came from, where the consensus came from. Uh, another one that 
I'm a little baffled by is the Pelicans. I don't understand how they're making this leap that everyone presumes that they will make. They they may not even be a lock for me in the playoffs. I'm just not a I'm just not there on the Pelicans quite yet. I've got to see them be great. Anthony Davis, my goodness, I just clapped. Anthony Davis <laughs> is ranked number two on ESPN's best player in the world poll or whatever. And I'm just like, what in the world? I'm I'm not gonna call a thing a thing until it's that thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kevin Durant still exists. Like he is he is out there. So is Russell Westbrook and so is James Harden and so is Steph Stephen Curry. Curry. You got all these players, they're all very good. I don't understand how Anthony Davis just leapfrogged over them. By the end of the year, I could be just dead wrong and I'm willing to accept it. But the consensus, it's just really funny when the the you know, the bold predictions become the consensus and the Rockets was one of them. The Pelicans are one of them. Um, the Mavericks not making the playoffs who, which if you don't know, I love the Mavericks. They're going to be the best. Number one seed, Dallas Mavericks. Um, <laughs> that <laughs> no, is a bold prediction. <laughs> bold prediction here on the Sundry Podcast. I love the Mavericks and I think that they're going to make the playoffs. Like, I think I'm the, the only human being alive that has publicly stated that he thinks the Dallas Mavericks are going to make the playoffs. My reasoning is just sort of like, who is that team that made is making this, this leap. People have, you know, stated that the jazz might make the leap. They're a young team, never done anything ever. Sure. And it's just sort of the need for change and yada, yada. And, but I think the Mavericks is boring as it is. I think they're going to grind it out. I think in games that are close, they've got a lot of veteran players that are going to, make smart plays, make good plays uh, consistently in these tight games. And I think that they're ultimately they're going to, they're going to win basketball games. Here's, here's your bold, bold prediction. The other one was a joke. Haha. The bold prediction <laughs> I'm giving you is that I think the Mavericks will be ranked, will be seated higher than the Pelicans. Hot town. An example of a shifting narrative on the basketball internet is last year, the Jazz Center, Rudy Gobert, over the course of a season, went from, oh, check out what this guy's doing. Oh, he's an up and comer. He's an up and comer. And then, oh, he's great. He's great. He's great. And then like yeah, by the end of the I, season, it, he was like the best player in the NBA. <laughs> that's, that genuinely drives me crazy. That drives me nuts. And I, I like these players and I love watching them. It's so much fun. But sometimes it robs these players that are in their prime right now, that are great right now. I'll go back to Anthony Davis, who is amazing. Okay. But Durant is in his prime and so is Harden and so is Curry. Why in the world would we rob them of any of that by 
and you know, including Anthony Davis in a conversation, I'm sorry, but maybe he hasn't gotten there yet. And when he's there, I will be the first one to climb my mountaintop and grab my bullhorn and say, he's arrived. And he has arrived, <laughs> but he's not there. In my opinion, that's me. What, what do I know? You know, I'm doing a lot of Donald Trump hands. You can't see me, but I'm doing a lot of like, <laughs> that's me. I just know people. I thought about this season buying a ticket to the Cavs game so that I can see LeBron play while he's, you know, still LeBron oh, yeah, yeah. or, or the thunder. So I can, you know, see this team together. I'm not buying a ticket to the jazz game. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so that, Rudy so that I, no, well, he's the, yeah, he's the best player on the, on, uh, in the solar yes. system. <laughs> I spoke with fellow old Grantlander Andrew Sharp about this. Rest in peace there. They all died in a they all in, died in, a, in an internet fire. <laughs> I was talking to, to Sharp about um about DeAndre Jordan. And it wasn't necessarily what DeAndre did because he has every right to change his mind, yada yada. It was that. I wasn't allowed to be upset about it or I was allowed to be upset about it, but people really gave me crap for being upset about it and, and, and gave Mavericks fans crap. And the narrative really twisted from a thing where someone does something that's kind of irresponsible, but it's so popular now to kind of like be very, very reasonable about this. It's a tough decision on his life. My favorite columns, my favorite titles for columns are like LeBron made this decision and it was wrong, but here's why that was okay. It's like a freezing cold take. There's, there's no take on it <laughs> whatsoever. I remember tweeting uh, a picture of DeAndre Jordan photoshopped into LeBron James's uh, picture that said, I'm going home. I just put, I put DeAndre's head on it and I put the text um, as um, I'm a child. <laughs> like, whatever, who cares? <laughs> and like, I lost so many followers and like people responded like, who's the child, him or you? And I was like, okay, cool. You know, whatever. Like, you're probably right. I was being childish, but what, what other capacity in my life am I allowed to be childish? I'm sorry. <laughs> and we're all talking about like photoshops like I know. one of your photoshops that like that just took off was one of uh Manu Ginobili uh manufacent of his face on <laughs> I can't even say this without laughing it was his face on that yes. Ma- maleficent movie and it was using the same font and people started like copying and pasting oh, it stole. and stealing it and tweeting it as their Everywhere. own tweet uh it's twitter search it and then just click like <laughs> media and see like Hundreds of people have just taken that photo as their own and God bless them. Go for it. But it, but it's so, just funny that like, that's something that just goes super viral and everyone's like, Oh yeah, this is okay for us to do. And then you Photoshop Deandre Jordan's like, that was just, that was bad form. Much. You know what? If somebody yeah, like switches, like, give me a break. <laughs> I, 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 the Mavericks are my favorite team. I am like invested in them. I'm going to spend too much time watching them this year. You know, my wife and I are probably going to have a little fight about him at some point this year. Like it's going to happen, you know, Um, and it's just it's just a a shame that that I don't I don't feel comfortable enough uh, to tweet my true feelings about DeAndre Jordan. I just want to tell him this is like this is I feel like a a middle schooler just wanting to profess his love to uh, except for I want to profess my hate 
to DeAndre Jordan, but I can't because of the people. <laughs> this is like Romeo and Juliet, but the opposite. <laughs> uh, I'm interested to see what happens to the basketball internet with Kevin Durant and where he ends up yeah. playing two years from now, because this whole this whole cult has developed around him going to the Washington Wizards, which is only based on he lived he lived yeah. there and it's possible. <laughs> it is possible. Hey, BT Dub, uh, another hot take real quick. I am picking the Thunder to win the championship. Just simply because they've got, you know, in my opinion, two of the best five players in the world. Easy peasy. There it is. And they're healthy. If they stay healthy, uh, yada, yada. That's obvious. But back to Kevin Durant. Yeah, technically that is a possibility. Ben, I believe you and I wrote a musical about how ridiculous <laughs> some of this stuff is. The free agency of just like, it is mathematically possible. Did you hear that information? Dude, of course. LeBron is making his decision. And we're the new dark horse. We're the new dark horse. People put a lot of stock into like home, like people going home. And and to my knowledge, there's only one person that's ever really like made a statement to go home. And that's LeBron James. Everybody else is like, "Uh, I don't want to go home. Like, why? Why would I? Why would I live there? I specifically did not move back to Houston because it's hot. Yeah. And humid. I, that's very fair. Yeah. And really big. <laughs> There's it's it's impossible to see him going there, in my opinion. And it's honestly, it's impossible to see him leaving Oklahoma City. Hot town. I feel like the Thunder fan base is finally at a point where I'm okay with the Thunder winning a championship. They went from horrible to eighth seed like the up-and-comers to yeah they went they went from just young rookies nobodies to all of a sudden they're rudy gobert's all the way to the finals and then they lost in the finals but that still didn't even feel like dues no it was not dues your fan base doesn't know what it's like to have a team that is just like the most disappointing thing in the world. Like you have to go through years where it's embarrassing to say that you're a fan of X team. It's never been embarrassing to say I'm a Thunder fan ever, except for maybe that first year is the first year. So it's fine. You've never, you've never been embarrassed for that. And honestly, Ben, I'm going for them to win. I think they will win. I don't think they paid their dues. It involves being embarrassed to say you're a fan of the team that you're, you're a fan of. That's what paying your dues. The Brooklyn Nets are paying their dues. You know, the Mavericks of the 90s, like super embarrassing. You know, watching your team win 68 games and then lose in the first round of the Golden State Warriors is embarrassing. Uh, you're not making the finals because your players are injured is not embarrassing. There's nothing, there's no dues that were paid. I really like Warriors fans. I really liked them last year because the ones that I would sort of follow were still, even though the Warriors had won all these games, they had, you know, historic year and they were still a little pessimistic about everything. It was just really funny. It was fun following them on Twitter. Where it was like, you've got the best team in the league and it was clear, but like, there was still like a bit of like, this is why it's going to go wrong. And, um, from some people, obviously not everybody, but is there anything else you would like to discuss while you have my captive sundry podcast audience? I just love the NBA. I just want to get that out of the way for 
listeners of the Sundry podcast going like, what sport do I want to get into? You don't want to get into football because it's violent and dangerous. You don't want to get into baseball because it's like a sedative. Basketball, man, it's got such good competition. But not only that, like the world of basketball is the best. And I talk about how like, there are some things that I've got issues with in terms of groupthink and narrative. I think we all secretly have those things. Every writer I've ever spoken to has that thing inside of them. But for the most part, the basketball internet is great, great place. And there's no better internet in terms of the four major sports. There's no better place. And, and here is the best example of that. On ESPN.com, they are reporting that Lil B, who is an, like... C-level rapper has placed a curse on James Harden. And that's why James Harden's not playing. (laughs) They're reporting that it's not, you know what I mean? And everywhere, if you just look up Lil B curse and, and click the news thing, it's everywhere. It's on CBS. It's on sports illustrated. It's on ESPN. It's everywhere. There's no other sport that is talking about curses as a factor (laughs) in their game. And that's why I love the NBA. And that's why I love the NBA internet. The people are really great. And it is really, really cool to not know these people, but for whatever reason, they're very supportive of you. I've seen writers that I've never even known go through tragedy. And all of a sudden, they've got thousands of people they've never met before coming to offer support, offer money. I gave money. It's a great place. As much as you can complain about it, the people on there seem to be very good people. They could all be serial killers. I don't know. But they seem to be very cool people. Just keep that in mind as as you roll your eyes as I complain about groupthink. Good people on there. That's it for today. Follow Jason on Twitter. Read his articles on Ballerball. Read his old Grantland articles. And subscribe to Sundry, especially if you don't like sports because we may never talk about it again. The music is all from The Lockout of Musical, which were written by Jason and I and recorded by the band Mopac, who has a new album on Spotify called Labor. Check it out, and thank you for listening. You're listening to NBA Basketball Improv here on Sundry Podcast. All your improvisational NBA needs right here. One one spot, one hot spot. All right, here we go. Uh, can we get can we get a suggestion from Ben Fort on uh, location? Go ahead, Ben. Utah. Did you guys did you guys catch Gobert last night? Another double double. Yes, and he is such a great defensive basketball player, and not bad on offense too. I'm telling you, if if he's not careful, and I'm just saying, I mean, like I hate over blowing things but if he's not careful lebron james may be the next rudy gobert i'm just saying yes and what do you think who's gonna win more rings by the time it's all said and done lebron james or rudy gobert rudy gobert (laughs) all right good